everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Comic Source Podcast. I'm your host, Jace. This is another Spawn Daily episode. And once again, I have Spawn Expert Extraordinary. And now I say that because he knows more about Spawn than me. He, he will be the first to not say, no, no, I'm not, I'm not an expert. But be that as it may, Blake Whitlow is joining me once again. Thanks for joining me, Blake. Yeah, it's good to be here. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, so uh, if you guys enjoyed last uh, episode, it was a big double-sized issue 50. Blake and I broke it all down. So much happened. It felt like a bit of a turning point for uh, Al Simmons. And now we start to see some of the consequences of the choice that Al made to save Terry, to cure his cancer, and to send himself to hell, basically. So uh, that being said, let's dive into issue 51 and we can start seeing some of those uh, consequences firsthand. Uh, another fantastic Capullo McFarland cover there. And we see nothing but Al's hand. Uh, and you'll notice it's his hand, but it's not even gloved with the symbiote. And we'll see how that happens uh, rather quickly in the first issue. Uh, but it's being sort of absorbed or wrapped up in this like flesh type uh, structure that similarly to what Spawn's faces look like for the last 25 issues is uh, kind of stitched together. So it's uh, it's a pretty interesting <laughs> looking visual. Uh, I always think it's weird because just because Spawn is such a dark book overall, whenever you get a cover like this, which is mostly white, it really stands out. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, let's take a look at the, uh, the credits. Now, one thing I'll note is that previous to, to issue 50, where we had McFarland do half of the pencils and Capullo do half, previous to that, maybe for about 10 issues in a row, we had Capullo and Tony Daniel alternating on art duties. Uh, that's not necessarily the case. I don't know if Tony had moved on to other stuff at the time, um, but he's not on these next few issues at all. Do you do you have any memory or context of that, Blake? Uh, I don't have any memory or context for this. I know after a certain point, uh, Greg Capullo basically took over all pencil duties. Um, I think at that point he was like a popular enough artist and was really like digging in and gaining some traction, building up his uh, portfolio. And this was like the headlining title. Uh, I don't know what other projects he was working on at the time. Uh, but yeah, he just threw himself into this as far as I know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's really where he, he, built a huge loyal fan base that he that he still has i and i i mean not that tony daniel's work wasn't fantastic as well but i wonder if it was at this point that tony because tony started at marvel um and then got a chance to do spawn and then i know he went over to batman i wonder if this was a, around that time but be that as it may uh free falls the name of the issue story todd mcfarland pencils capullo as we mentioned inks mcfarland and danny mickey letters by tom orzakowski and then colors by brian haverland and dan kemp uh, issue 50 summary there. I read the whole summary last time. I'm just going to do it real briefly because it was only yesterday that we released uh, the issue 50 episode. But basically, Cogliostro explained to, to Spawn, hey, use any more of your powers, you're going to hell. <laughs> so you got to figure out how to let go of your anger and be more calm and you know not lash out and, and use your powers. We also found out that Terry, while he was in the hospital, we found out along with Terry and Wanda that while Terry was in the hospital recuperating from a car accident, found out that he had a cancerous tumor in his brain and didn't have very long to live when Spawn had gone to visit his Granny Blake as it's sort of a touchstone, the thing that kind of keeps him human. Granny mentioned that Terry was dying 
Obviously, Al was distraught, not necessarily for Terry because he's still mad at him, but for for Wanda. She's about to lose a second husband in five years and standing in the hospital room looking at Terry. Spawn made the decision to go ahead and help him because of the promise that Al had made on his honeymoon to always and forever do whatever he could to keep Wanda happy. And that does indeed send Spawn to hell, to the second level of hell, specifically where he sort of resigns himself to being eaten by the denizens uh, that inhabit that particular level. Uh, you know, hey, I'm never going to have Wanda back. I've, I've given up. I'm, I'm just going to let these guys eat me. Um, but then as they start attacking him, and one of them kind of rips off the front of, front of his face and devours it, he gets angry. He, he, he let, you know, same old Al Simmons, I guess, in a way. Um, and he lashes out and he fights back and he defeats them. And then at the end of the issue, we see him sort of vanish as Mal Bulge is saying, well, you know, first, first test successfully passed. Mal Bulge is once again pulling the strings, being the, the puppeteer. And so that's where this first issue uh, starts off. And he's, he skipped a level. He didn't go from two to three. We're told he's in the fourth. And what I really want to point out, there's not a whole lot that is, um, you know what I re just realized? Hold on. I need to, uh, sh I was sharing the wrong file there. I have to share the one that doesn't uh, have the dialogue. Don't want to get in trouble uh, with Todd. Um, but what's important to, to note here is that, let me make sure I have the right one, is it's not real easy to, uh, you know what? I may not have, do I have the right one? Uh, it's not that easy to do drawing when there's nothing in the background like there's no there's no context there's no vanishing point there's no buildings there's not you know what i'm saying like there's no scale to compare it to. yeah yeah and he he does a really excellent like which way's up which way's down it's not and you're not necessarily supposed to know al himself doesn't necessarily know as he's as he's falling through mm -hmm. um and there's not that much to dialogue here. It basically talks about how this is, in a lot of ways, the harshest level of hell because it isn't a physical level, so to speak. This is all about the emotion. Um, and as Al is falling there, you know, there's not, again, there's not really a ground or, you know, walls or rock formations or any of the other things that we've seen in all the other iterations of hell. He's just sort of falling through empty space. And all of a sudden, it feels like he's slammed into something in this vacuum, and his arms are grabbed, and his feet are grabbed, and it's almost like he's being crucified. But again, there's no physicality to the, the fourth level. It's all about personal torment. It's all about uh, emotion, basically. And, and that's sort of interesting when you talk about Al, because he, throughout the series, has sort of been a creature of emotion. I mean, the whole reason he came back was because he loved Wanda. That was the emotion that, that drives him. Um, and Cogliastro has warned him, Hey, educate yourself, stop lashing out, stop acting out of instinct, acting out of emotion uh, because that's going to lead you back to hell. And, and that's sort of what's happened here. He's sort of trapped in this, for lack of a better term, emotional hell. <laughs> um, and it hurts. And he's about to be, tortured with uh, emotion. So again, fantastic artwork from Capullo with, with nothing to ground that artwork, just as, as Spawn is, you know, and like Blake said, no scale either as he's falling through. And then all of a sudden he's crucified in midair. 
And then maybe most painful of all, the symbiote is ripped away from him for the second time, you know, the first time being cursed when he was dissected. And, you know, we've been told time and time again that having that symbiote ripped away from him does not feel good. And you see it in the in the panel there by Capullo, which is fantastic as the symbiote sort of drains away from his body and he's screaming out in a, in pain. And then we have this um, other creature. I don't know that it's ever named, but basically the, the creature that rules the fourth level of hell shows up and starts talking to Spawn, saying a lot of the same things that I've just said about how this level of hell is all about sin and emotion and the psychological and it's also the place where the um, the symbiotes are manufactured, not where the symbiotes are attached, but where the symbiotes are born, are manufactured, which I find to be interesting. It's almost saying that the, is the symbiote a creature of emotion as well, would you say, Blake? I would. Um, have you already covered the uh, Blood Feud series? <laughs> have, ha- have not, but that'll be coming uh, either. Yeah, it'll be coming tomorrow, actually. It'll the Blood Feud series by Alan Moore will be on tomorrow's episode. Okay, excellent. Well, uh, that series goes a little more into it, so I won't say much more then. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Al's, he's talking to, this guy's talking to him saying, you know, it's its not often that we get to deal with a Hellspawn, you know, one of Mal Bulge's elites. That's probably been a, a couple thousand years, but uh, definitely here for you. Uh you know, let's explore. Let's explore your emotion. Let's explore who you are. Should we start with your childhood? And Al's like, my childhood. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, you, you, this uh, ruler of the fourth level is like, yeah, you, you did have a a pretty normal childhood. I guess that's not where we should start. And, and Al's like, what, what are you doing? Like, what do you, what do you want from me? And he's, and he's like, well, I want answers. He's like, answers to what? You like, you already yeah. won. Hell already has me. What are you, what are you trying to get at? Like Al, he doesn't know. There's again, there's nothing physical here. And when you want to talk about Al Simmons, what he's good at, you know, killing people, completing the mission, whatever, that's all on the physical. When you're on a psychological or an emotional level where there's nothing around him, I think he doesn't even know where to start trying to battle or trying to, you know, how do you win? I completely agree. Um, <clears throat> I think uh, there's an interesting way that the uh, the Lord of the Fourth Hell uh, or or the Fourth Circle. I don't know. He, like you said, he doesn't have a name. So just this fleshy tentacle guy. Um, he says your childhood isn't too dysfunctional. <clears throat> I think it's interesting how it's phrased because later on we will get more into uh, into Al's. Uh, childhood, um, not in any of these upcoming issues, but much further down the line. And it's it's interesting for me because I've read those issues, looking back and going through some of these earlier ones, you can definitely see that there's just subtle little clues. Like it's interesting that he phrased it just that way. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're completely right. He, uh, Al has no real experience in this like yes he says that he loves wanda and he's willing to do anything for wanda so he's got to be at least a little emotionally mature and to a certain extent but we've also been shown time and time again through panels through his memories he's a killer 
he may even be a psychotic killer. <laughs> like he has a dark side to him. And when you deal with someone like that, like, like they don't have like the same sort of social emotional uh, skills or coping mechanisms to handle stress. So the way he handles stress is he kills things and everything, because this is a comic book series, you know, super monsters and heroes and, you know, demons coming at him. It's a very physical thing. So honestly, he's been doing what he's always done. He's just fighting different things before he was fighting, you know, whoever he was pointed at by Jason Wynn. Now he's just fighting demons that are coming after him. He's still fighting enemies. So now that he's, trapped in this place where he has to actually reflect and look at what's inside he he doesn't know what to do he he doesn't know how to fight that he he doesn't have the coping mechanisms or the social skills in order to you know do that effectively yeah what's interesting though is for for this lord of the fourth realm to be who he is and to torture he sort of gives Alf what he needs to fight back, which I find to be interesting. You know, mm-hmm. like, like, why are you answering his, why are you answering Al's questions? Why don't you just ask your questions and, and torture him? But it, in that way, it's almost like he allows Al to, to catch up because when Al says, well, what am I doing here? You already have me. You've won. The guy's like, well, no, not really, because you didn't, you didn't come willingly. You haven't embraced the evil that's inside you. How, you know, how can you be an effective leader of one of the armies of hell? It's this general that Malbolgia wants you to be if you keep denying what's inside you. And Al's like, what are you talking about? And, and he's like, the sins of man, you know, raping, cheating, abuse, like all that. And I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't really care about any, any of that. <laughs> and the guy gets all angry. He's like, but all that is real. The whole reason that you're you know, that you have such potential to be a great leader is because you have the capacity for great evil. You know, that's, that's what man is. Man is nothing if the, if not the capacity for great evil. And it all comes from, from your soul, from making that, that choice. It's almost like like a dark reflection of what Cogliostro has been telling him. Cogliostro has been telling him basically the same thing. There's evil in you. There's hatred and anger. And you need to learn to let it go. You need to learn to let those things go so you can actually take control of your own life. So you're controlling it. It's not controlling you. And here, the demon's telling him the same thing, but he's saying you need to embrace it. Just dive right in. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and he's and he and he said he again to get back to that physical versus you know something more existential like emotion or feeling, and he says yeah I let the other uh, you know lords of their realms deal with the physical stuff here we're all about stripping all that away and getting to the core of what it is that drives you and so let me ask you Al Simmons it's it's an easy question why are, why are you here why do you think you're here. You know, when Al thinks about emotion, of course, his mind's immediately going to go to Wanda, right? And, and that's mm-hmm. what he says. Well, I'm here because of Wanda, because I love her, you know, and that's what's driven me. That's what's given me all this, um, you know, put me in the place that I am now. That's the reason I'm a hellspawn. And the Lord of <laughs> the Lord of the Fourth Realms, like, no, actually, uh, it, this doesn't have to do with Wanda. Wanda may be who you think you love, but actually why you're here is because you love killing. You know, to go back to what Blake was saying about he's so good at it. Maybe he's even a, a psychotic about it. And, and you can see it there in Capullo's art where uh, he looks crazed as he's holding the the gun and whatnot. Um, 
It's like your yeah, your mind's been been clouded by the fact that you. Uh, hold on a second. Sorry. No worries. <laughs> Got the puppies. <laughs> Sorry about that. My brother was picking up a couple of tables. Oh, no worries. <laughs> yeah. So what's interesting is, is how he says it's, it's your love of killing that's, and it's, it's your mind's been clouded by this love for Wanda, but you know, what you really need to embrace is the fact that you love killing. And he talks about the first couple kills and how he, he was rewarded for his love of killing. He was decorated and that's really why he's there, which, I mean, for Al, he believes right now the reason he's in hell is because he, he sacrificed. He sacrificed his power to cure Terry, and the reason he did that is his love for Wanda. So this really is torture for him, mm-hmm. for this Lord of the Fourth Realm to say, no, you know, you're here because you, you love killing that's got to be, got to be tough. And it's, he's not equipped, you know, this isn't the type of battle that Al's used to fighting. So we'll see how he's going to be able to, to kind of overcome that. You mentioned before how he's uh, sort of stripped of his agency, you know, and how Malbolgia uh, controls. <laughs> I love dogs. <laughs> Uh, Malbolgia is this puppeteer that is constantly pulling the strings and it's almost as if Al can never really catch up because he's, he only ever has enough time to react and never proactively make a choice. That's what made his decision in uh, issue number 50 is called choices because he actually finally after a long while, finally made a choice that felt impactful. And now this Lord of the fourth hell is telling him, no, no, your choices don't matter. You didn't do it because of the thing that you said that you love. You did it for something else entirely. You're just covering that up with something else. You're just trying to make it seem nicer than it is. Yeah. And it's what Mal has always done though. Mm-hmm. Whatever, whatever, whenever, Al Simmons starts down the, the right path or, or makes a, you know, for lack of a better term, a correct decision. Malbolge is always there to make him second guess. Yep. Because he controls his memories and Al doesn't even fully remember all of the things from his previous life because it, it's almost like uh, the movie Total Recall. How can you tell what's real and what's the fantasy? Is everything that he's experiencing completely informed by you know all of his past experiences or is he forgetting entire chunks of his life that could better inform his own decision making process in the moment yeah it's not not a good place to be he's never got the full picture (laughs) so meanwhile back on earth uh we check in with terry there's uh some experts that are trying to figure out how this miraculous uh cure happened uh, they haven't come up with anything. And that one of them does mention, and I, I do want to point this out, 
because uh, they're like, ah, we just don't know. We need more information. You know, there's all these superhumans that have been uh, showing up lately. Maybe Terry has some superhuman abilities that he's not aware of. Could that possibly be? Uh, and, and I do want to, again, point this out. They say, you must be experiencing something. You must feel different in some way. There's got to be something unusual other than the sudden grain of the temples. Your cancer's gone into, uh, you know, abrupt and full remission. And I do want to point out the grain of the temples because he, he does look just, it's so interesting that you can do this in a comic, like just by adding that gray hair mm-hmm. at his temples, man, he looks like 10, 15 years older. He looks so young before, like in his, in his and he is only in his late twenties. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I wonder about, that choice, like why McFarlane chose to do that. But Terry's had it, you know, he's been stuck in the hospital without any answers about, you know, if he was going to live or die or whatever. So the last thing he wants to do is submit to any more tests from these guys. He just wants so, to live his life and get back to his family. <laughs> yeah. He just wants to be done with it. And they say, Oh yeah, that's sort of typical for somebody that's been laid up in the hospitals long. Give us a call when you're you know, ready for more tests. You'll change your mind. Terry's like, no, I won't. I've left the building. But I do want to ask you this. Do all specialists have to be old and bald and nearsighted? And that, that gives them something else to talk about. Now they're like, oh, I'll, I'll begin a study, which I think is just uh, hilarious. <laughs> great, great distraction from. Yeah. from I love that, that little bit of art where you could just see how fed up he is. He's like, I am so done with this. Yeah. And they're, they're just like floating around his head just pestering him with questions it's yeah, so good he's like uh, he doesn't have any answers he doesn't know any better than than they do you know yeah uh so a little later he's talking with wanda and, and you know she's asking hey did they have any answers for you he's like no they 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 don't know why and i think even like wanda's a little more curious about why maybe maybe a little more worried like hey mm-hmm. could 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 it come back? Terry, like you said, yeah. you know, he just wants to put it behind him and, and move on. Uh, and then Cyan comes running into the room. And this is, this is really interesting. I love this little uh, piece of the story that McFarlane adds. She has her, her pacifier that she apparently hadn't been using for a while and is once again using. And the reason why is because she wanted something to hang off of the shoelace that she found at the hospital. Mm-hmm. And Terry notices it. She's like, and he says, Hey, let's get rid of this filthy old shoelace and we can tie it with some kite string. And Cyan freaks out. No, it's mine. Um, and he says, okay, where'd you find it? She says the hospital. So uh, this is obviously the shoelace that had stitched Al Simmons face together for, you know, 20 plus issues. Yeah. Um, and the, yeah, so that's really interesting that Cyan feels such an attachment. And I'm sure at some point uh, McFarlane will pay that off as well. Mm-hmm. He absolutely will. Um, something that I, I think is kind of interesting to note here. How old would you say Cyan is in this particular scene? She seems pretty cognizant. You know, she can clearly, you know, show that she wants this thing and she can communicate with her parents. So she's got to be at least, what, three or four now? I would think like three. But I will say that her age bounces around to sort of suit whatever particular plot point that McFarlane needs to have her suit. So it, yeah, it's never clear to me. Like that when was she, exactly my yeah. point too, because I think it was just in the last issue in uh, number 50, it, clown had said that it had only been a couple months since, you know, he fell out of Mel Bulge's. Pieces. So if we're taking clown at his word, 
which I don't know if we ever should do that, but if we were to, uh, it's only been a couple months since the beginning of the series, essentially, because that's when uh, he fell out of Malbolge's graces. So I, in those first couple of issues, she is absolutely like less than a year old, but now she seems like she's maybe three. So I don't know that that's kind of one of those wonky things about the series is her age, as you said, it kind of bounces around and there's no clear indicator on the passage of of how much time it's been. Uh, that was always an issue with me. And that was particularly difficult for me when I was putting together the uh, entire reading order was there wasn't a whole lot of hard dates, hard years that char- that characters reference to show the passage of time. Um, Other than that- other than early on when McFarlane made the, and I don't, I don't know, I shouldn't even call it a mistake, made the choice, I'll say. And it, it seems like it's the lesson to a huge degree. But you go back and read those first 10 or 15 issues. There are so many references to current events of pop culture. You know, Ross Perot shows up and, you know, oh, yeah. the, the burning of the bums, which was happening in New York, you know, in the early 90s and whatnot. And, yeah, it seems like he, he was smart enough to get away from that. Um, pretty quickly so yeah Yeah. there's references to modern political events even in like the issues that are happening uh today but uh he doesn't like strongly latch on to those that they're just like passing reference points so every once in a while you can find those like hard dates that you can hold on to i honestly think that that early those early issues are pretty much set in stone, you know, like, like yeah. you said, they, they reference actual real world events. I think he did die in, you know, whatever year he, he died in. And then he came back in 1991, I think is, is what it says in issue number one. I could be wrong, but those dates are like hard set in stone. And, um, you know, it's just hard to tell exactly where the current story is based on certain character ages and things like that. It's it's kind of weird. It's wonky. It's a comic book universe. Yeah. You just have to hand wave, hand wave yeah. some of it sometimes. Yeah, you just have to to roll with it. It's comic comic roll book time. It. So yeah, it's a it's a cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we check in on Sam and Twitch. They're discussing the guy that they're who they call their deep throat who slipped that information under their door. Apparently, they did go to meet him. Um, uh, that meeting that was set up and the guy didn't show up. So Twitch is kind of based on some anecdotal evidence is explaining to Sam that this guy must be a high ranking government official. So they wonder what his uh, interest might be in, in taking down some of these other guys. And so uh, as they're discussing this, Sam as always is eating, he's chowing down on some pizza and some beer. He lets one rip Twitch. <laughs> smells i mean this is this is real juvenile humor here but twitch immediately heads for the window saying air air i'd I'd appreciate some warning next time even hitler gave a warning before he attacked uh and as he's leaning out the window he tells sam hey grab your gun there's some strange car parked in the alley behind us and so he goes out there gun drawn and this is what sam has been actually hoping for because he has bought this 1955 chevy that he calls the crime rope mobile. Uh, and he, he says, Hey, you know, you know, every good detective agency needs a, a really cool car. You know, what do you think of it? 
Twitch doesn't seem quite as impressed as maybe uh, Sam might hope he is. Probably thinking, well, that you know, we have don't even have a paying client yet. Maybe we didn't, shouldn't have splurged on this. But I will say it looks pretty cool the way Capullo draws it. it I mean, it's not like a completely photorealistic um, 55 Chevy, but it's recognizable as a 55 Chevy. And it looks pretty cool. I don't know about calling it the crime mobile, but uh, that's that's what it is. So, uh, so pretty fun uh, check in on Sam and Twitch. Obviously, they're still investigating, trying to figure out what's going on. Why did the other guys that were implicated in the um, in the Chief Banks file get off scot free? And you know, can they link it to Jason Wynn and uh, and whatnot? Meanwhile, back in the fourth level of hell, the uh, the Lord of that uh, level is still given spawn the business talking about some other emotions beyond love that um, that are the reason that spawn is there. And he says, okay, you know, we've, we've talked enough about love. Let's talk about your capacity for hate. You know, you certainly have a huge capacity for hate. You, you know, Jason Wynn manipulated you for many years. He's the one that turned you into a murderer and uh, eventually had you killed and sent you to us. So again, it's just this Lord of hell, um, pushing Spawn's buttons, right? Psychological torture that, mm-hmm. like Blake and I both said, Al is sort of ill-equipped to, to fight back against. And then we find out the information about how these um, these symbiotes uh, are, are created in the fourth level because he says, ah, you're probably wondering, like, where's your symbiote? Why isn't it helping you out? Well, you know, the costumes are actually uh, born here and it's this is its home. And you can even see it there snuggling up to the, the Lord of the fourth realm, which is just a creepy image. Um, and it talks about how, yeah, we grow them here and then they're sent up to the uh, Malbolge's eighth level for attachment. And yeah, this one's just, just happy to be home. And once they're not attached anymore, they get a little bit shy and the, the, torture, uh, the torture continues. Um, and I do sort of wonder, and I, I kind of want your opinion on this, because we've talked about it a lot on previous episodes before you joined us, Blake, but mm-hmm. just the fact that Al was willing to kill early on, you know, we saw him take out like Billy Kincaid, for example. Um, and we know he has the capacity for, to kill and, and for evil. Um, and he was, you know, hired assassin, but he never took out Jason Wynn despite having several chances, despite his hatred of him. And I always found that to be, like an open-ended question, like why, why did he never, for everything that Wynn has done, why did he never just take him out? Uh, that is an interesting question. Um, I don't remember ever uh, noticing that. It always felt like Jason Wynn had so much security surrounding him that he didn't have the, the full opportunity to. There was, uh, I believe... Uh, a couple issues where he tried to break in and that's when he realized that Terry was working for Wynn. Um, hmm. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> uh, he's yeah, had a, he's yeah, had a sure. lot on his plate since then, you know, like like it, it's kind of gone from one thing to the other and he's just so, you know, exhausted and tired and depressed after every encounter. He can't really catch his breath. So I don't know if he's really thinking proactively. That's a very proactive thing to do to go after the guy that killed you. And he's yeah. just had so much thrown at him lately that, you know, maybe he just hasn't had the chance or even the motivation. Maybe he's just 
honestly too, you know, wrapped up in, in the moment that he can't think ahead. Yeah. I mean, he let him off the hook and showed him the file and said to leave him alone. And then you're right. I mean, he, he did plan. He did go there planning on killing him and was safe and win was saved by Terry. And then since then it's been, yeah, blow after blow. So maybe he hasn't gotten the, the opportunity. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we'll see how that, uh, that plays out going forward. So uh, meanwhile, this, uh, the Lord of the fourth realm is again, reminding uh, just like we were told last issue, reminding Al that, yeah, just because you have um, the ability to hate or uh, the ability for evil, that's, it wouldn't necessarily be why you were sent to hell, but it's why Malbolger recruited you. You know, you have so much potential and that's how souls are recruited to heaven or hell. What is your potential for good? What is your potential for evil? Uh, and you're, you're no different. You know, you're no different, Simmons, uh, and that's why you were brought to hell. But you haven't accepted that you're no different, right? You think because of Wanda, you think because of your love for her, that you're somehow better. And that is an interesting point, you know, Mm because we've talked about how he's so narcissistic and focused on himself. Um, But maybe the one pure thing about Al Simmons, maybe the one thing that is a redeeming for him is is that his love for Wanda is, is pure. And that's what keeps him from giving in that's what keeps him fighting i mean it's what had him make uh the sacrifice you know his love for wanda is what had him sacrifice his power uh, and send him to hell in saving terry fitzgerald so now it's time for this lord of the fourth realm to uh to kind of push those buttons to use al's love of uh of wanda to to remind him of everything that he's lost so in this way it's not it's not so different than what Malbolge has been doing all along, torturing mm-hmm. him with the love. So it, it's not hugely important for the, the story, in, in my opinion, uh, where we're at here, because it's, it's it, basically we're just getting a recap of uh, the courtship of, of Wanda and Al and then what Wanda has gone through since uh, since Al's been gone and a reminder that a reminder once again of how torturous it is for uh, Al Simmons that he wasn't able to to give Wanda a child and make her a mother the way she always wanted. And the fact that she did marry Terry and then Terry was able to give her the child that she always wanted. Um, And again, it's just, it's psychological torture. It's psychological uh, manipulation. And then even in this pain, even with this reminder from this Lord of the fourth realm, um, Al still defends her. He says, it's not her fault. You know, she, she needed somebody. It's not her fault. And so uh, the Lord of the fourth realm is like, man, I can't believe after all this that you, you think that you still love her and you can't even say why. And you don't even realize that Mal Bulge has been torturing you with all the same stuff that I've been torturing you with. And it all comes down to the fact that like he, I was saying earlier, you think you're different. You think you're different than the other Hellspawn. You think you're different than the other souls. You think you're still human, but you're not. You're made out of necroplasm. And it's all a cruel joke. It's all Malbolgia messing with you. And he even let you keep something. And it's something that you don't need. And we know that he doesn't need it. We saw early on in, in the series that he didn't need it. And so mm-hmm. this Lord of the Fourth Realm says, I'm going to relieve you of it now. And he reaches into Spawn's chest and he pulls out his heart. And again, we saw the violator remove the heart. We know and we, I have speculated that the reason that Spawn's body even has bones or organs or ribs or whatever, uh, or even a heart is because in Al Simmons' own mind, 
He thinks that that's what a human body is supposed to look like. Now we're told a little differently in terms of the heart anyway, um, that Malbolgia made sure that he had a heart. And now it's been removed and it's a bit symbolic. Hey, I'm going to take this heart away from you. And in that way, I'm going to take away your pain. You know, we talk so much about love coming from the heart. Um, and so the Lord of the fourth realm says, now you're clean. You're totally clean. Uh, you don't have to worry about it. Uh, it's, you can take on the mantle of the hell spawn. I'm removing this organ, you know, where in, in myth that love comes from and you don't have to worry about it anymore. Um, and then he says, give my regards to the other Lords. Uh, say uh, thanks to your master for the souvenir. Cause apparently this, this Lord of the fourth realm is going to hang on to that heart. Um, and then on the final page, we see Malbolgia laughing. Uh, in his opinion, Al Simmons has passed another test. He says, my warrior's transformation continues. He's now in his second incarnation. Um, and with a little more modifications, he'll be ready to be a general in my army. And we see the heart laying there, uh, no longer still beating, but no longer uh, in the chest of Al Simmons, no longer needed, apparently. So very symbolic. But I, th I think that Malbolgia, I think that this fourth Lord of Hell and even Malbolgia himself, they're deluding themselves a little bit. If you, if you think that by removing this heart that you're going to get Al Simmons to, to like agree or submit or wh whatever word you want to use, that his love for Wanda is, is no longer there or, or any, there's nothing you can do in my mind to lessen Al Simmons love for Wanda. Like that is so tied up in his identity. And it may not have been when he was alive on earth because, you know, he has a, he had a physical body and a physical identity and he, he had a job as an assassin or soldier or whatever, however he self-identified as. And, you know, he had an identity as a, uh, as a grandson to Granny Blake. He had an identity as a, a husband to Wanda, as a friend to Terry, as a, you know, employee of Jason, all these different identities, like we all do in life. The only identity that he has that he holds on to now that he still understands from that level of context, because he still doesn't have a full understanding of what it means to be a hellspawn. But the one identity that he still has that he still can remember that he still can hold on to is as somebody who loves Wanda. So I don't think anything short of completely obliterating Al Simmons and having him cease to exist in any form would stop him from loving Wanda because it's so wrapped up into how he self-identifies. So I'm, I'm curious about what Malbolgia and this fourth level uh, Lord think is actually going to be accomplished by removing the heart. Maybe I have it wrong. I don't know. No, no, I, I completely agree. I think uh, there's two points to consider here. One, exactly what you said. He uh, he only has that to hold on to. He doesn't do good things for the sake of doing good things. He does good things because it would make Wanda happy. That's the only motivator he has right now. That's the only thing that he can cling to and everything revolves around that singular idea. And I think that by removing their heart, their intention, like, like these evil uh, demons intentions are to further dehumanize him, show him you're not really Al Simmons, bud. 
They've talked about it before. Like, like you're completely made of necroplasm. Nothing about you is Al Simmons. Everything that you think, you know, you don't actually know. And here, let me prove it to you. I'll just take your heart out, you know? And as you said, the heart is very symbolic of, of love, feelings, emotion. And by cleansing him of those things, it dehumanizes him. People will do all sorts of horrendous things when they think that they're not even human. If they can dehumanize him to the point where he doesn't even recognize himself as Al or as someone who loves Wanda, if they could strip that of him, then he basically becomes a savage, wild animal that they can control. That's the one thing that they can't get a hold of on him right now is his love for Wanda. But if they can dehumanize him, if they can break him down enough, then maybe they can. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. And it's probably why they bring up his, his early kills. I mean, it's pretty brutal. Mm -hmm. An old man, a woman and a little baby that supposedly he killed. And then, like I I mentioned earlier, just that psychotic look on his face, great art by Capullo uh, as he's, as he's standing there literally ankle deep in blood. So uh, I think throughout, uh, one of the better issues that Capullo has, has done, not to say his art in the other issues hasn't been up to par, but, um, you know, going back to this idea of, of not having any scale, not having any background and how hard it is to, to actually do that. You think, oh, well, it's less to draw. It must be easy. No, actually, it's a lot harder. Like, where's the vanishing point? Where's the perspective? Where's uh, the context? You know, there's no panel layouts. There's no page layouts. It's mm-hmm. a lot of... Um, um, for the most part, you know, when, when we're in this fourth level, it's, um, it's a lot of collages and whatnot. So so. much of it is, is abstract. Like, like none of it's really tangible. It's hard to hold on to. I'm I'm sure like during the drawing process, he had to, you know, draw in backgrounds for reference points and then probably remove them later on. Yeah. He probably drew like some, uh, some perspective lines, some vanishing point lines and whatnot. It wouldn't surprise me at all. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, go- gorgeous art, interesting issue. Um, and we'll see what level he ends up on next. Yeah. Um, and yeah, also that, that crime mobile. Fantastic as well. <laughs> nice car. Yeah. Um, I have one other point though. I think it's interesting that uh, when the Lord of the fourth hell is, uh, is interrogating him about Wanda, Al gives her a pass. And it's interesting because he's held so much resentment towards Terry after everything that's happened. But this shows that he has reflected at least a little bit. It's not Wanda's fault. He's not mad at Wanda. He loves Wanda. But he gives her a pass. It's like, it's not her fault that she moved on. It's not her fault that she had a kid with another man, you know? And I think that's interesting that he he gives her the out, but he won't give Terry the out, even though Terry went through the same thing that Wanda did. Terry lost his best friend. Terry lost someone super close to him and he was grieving, too. That's the whole reason that Terry and Wanda got together is because the absence of Al. So it's interesting that, you know, he. He says it's okay if Wanda moved on, but he's not giving Terry the same kind of uh, the same kind of leeway. Yeah, and it felt like he was. It felt like well, he was closer to giving Terry 
you know, more of the benefit of the doubt was actually when he first found out she was married to Terry was, you know, well, if she has to be married to somebody, you know, and, and have a child with somebody, you know, at least it's my best friend. And I know somebody that will take care of her. Um, but obviously that all flipped around when he, he believed that Terry was protecting Jason Wynn and, and Terry's a traitor. So I think that has a lot to do with it, but yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll see how that plays out when, when Terry and Al come face to face again, we'll see how that, uh, the, what the consequences of, the, of those uh, interactions are. Uh, anyway, that's going to, Oh, go ahead. It's going to be good. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that's going to do it for this episode, everybody. Again, we appreciate you all joining us. Don't forget to go check the show notes. If you're looking for Blake's uh, reading order, which is very comprehensive and, and again, has all the ancillary mini series and ongoings like curse of spawn and dark ages, uh, as well as mini series, Spawn Witchblade, Angela Violator, Spawn Blood Feud, all of that. So uh, we appreciate your support and for you joining us as always. And we'll talk to you next time. Later. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.